course, getting into God's word and realizing, okay, this is the life God is calling me to and realizing what's really going on up behind the scenes of God saying, no, I want this life for you. And Satan being like, I don't want you to have this life. So I'm going to trick you. I'm going to deceive you. I'm going to distract you. I'm going to disarm you. I'm going to throw all this crap at you so that you won't do this. And then once I kind of became more wise to, oh, here's what's really going on. Like I thought I just weighed too much. I thought people didn't like me, but no, I have a real enemy and you know, I'm not going to let him win. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God in his grace showed me a way out and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and the forthcoming book The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, you are watching or listening to the Compared to Who podcast. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. And I am grateful that you are watching or listening today. Today, we have on the show my friend, Brittany Ann. Brittany Ann is an author, a speaker, and she's owner of a popular website you've probably been to called Equipping Godly Women. And on that site, she challenges, encourages, and equips Christian women to be all in with their faith and family. Her work has been featured on CBN, the Christian Post, Crosswalk, lots of other places. She's married to an incredibly godly man, and together they have three adorably energetic kids. Brittany, thanks so much for being on the Compared to Who show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to talk to you today. So we go... I don't know if it's way back, but we've known each other for a little while through this whole blogosphere, blogger connection stuff. And it's super exciting for me to see your book coming out. So can you start off by just telling us a little bit about that book? Absolutely. So my brand new book that is coming out February 1st, 2021 is called Fall in Love with God's Word, Practical Strategies for Busy Women. And this book really came out of a few years ago. I had read a statistic online that said that 59% of Christians, um, or I think it was even Americans, 59% of Americans as a general whole, not even just Christians, wanted to read their Bibles more often. And yet only 31% of Americans read their Bible on at least a weekly basis. And that statistic, ever since I read it, just really jumped off the page at me. And I was thinking, why is it that we, I mean, I can't speak for all of Americans, but I know so many Christian American women We want to read our Bibles. We know it's important. And yet for some reason, we just don't read it as consistently as we would like. So that's really what started this journey of writing this book as I figured, okay, how do I help women read the Bible more regularly? How do I help them get into this habit? And even more than that, how do I help them actually enjoy reading the Bible? So it's not just this, oh, I have to get my check mark for the day. I have to do the thing. And then also even more importantly, how do I help women 
use the Bible in their own lives. So again, it's not just, a, oh, I read a little bit of a book for a while. You could read any book. I love reading. I read so many books. But what is it that's special about the Bible? Well, the Bible is special because not only does it allow us to connect with God himself, but it absolutely has the power to dramatically change our lives. And that is the message of this book that I'm so excited to get into the hands of so many women who need it right now. I love all of that, Brittany. And so I, as you've been talking, I'm like, okay, I got to talk about that. Oh, I got to talk about that. I got to talk about that. So you give me like six different places to go here. So let me just, let's start off with, with the basics, right? Women say they should read the Bible more and we just don't sometimes. And I know that was my story. And I think that was your story too, from, from what I read in your book. I mean, we grew up in Christian homes, so we knew you needed to read the Bible, right? Like that's the, you know, the no duh, as we would say <laughs> in the eighties, right? Like, of course I need to read the Bible. And, and when I work with women, you know, that's one of the questions I ask them, are you reading the Bible? They know they want to change. They know they want to be different. They know they want to feel different. And the answer is sometimes it's hard. So, so step one, actually, let me just back up. Why, why is it so hard? Why do you think this is such, such a difficult thing? Like you have in your book, I think they're called the perspectives of the Bible that keep us from reading. And I I love that. So talk to me about why is it so hard to just dig in? There are, honestly, this could be a whole podcast in and of itself. There's so (laughs) many reasons. And I had so much fun digging into this because I found Um, a couple different things. I found seven common obstacles that most Christian women face. So these are things like busyness or tiredness or lack of motivation. Um, And as I was interviewing hundreds of women um, and all of these women, I said, okay, let's just get really honest. I'm not going to guilt you. I also struggle to read the Bible. What is going on? Like, why are we not doing this? And these women were coming back to me and they were saying, which was my same story as well. And I'm sure you can relate was, you know, I want to, but I'm so busy. I don't have the time or I want to, but by the time I get everything done that I need to get done, I am tired. I want to lay down on the couch and be lazy and do nothing. And these women were telling me, you know, I'm just lazy. Like I know I should, but I don't want to. Um, so that was a big part of this book is, okay, let's identify exactly what what is going on here? Let's get really practical. Here is what is going on. And here are super practical steps that you can take because what's going to work for me isn't necessarily what's going to work for you, but here are some super practical steps. How does this look in your life? What can you do? And I'm not trying to give you a whole overhaul of your life, but what is a simple trick that you can use to make this easier and more enjoyable for you? Right. So that was one thing that I talked about a lot in yeah. the book was these obstacles. But another thing that you had just asked about was, okay, these five perspectives. And I thought that this was really interesting as well, because a lot of it comes back to if we grew up in church, we have been taught from a very young age that reading the Bible is important. We kind of understand and accept that, but I don't remember growing up as a child in Sunday school having them tell me, okay, this is why the Bible is important, or this is what you get out of it if you read it. It was just a matter of, oh, well, if I do the right thing, people will think I'm a good girl and they will like me. So that's kind of where I started um, in terms of, oh, if I memorize my weekly Bible verses, I will get a sticker and that is great. And oh, if I bring people to church and have them read the Bible too, then I will get, you know, some candy from the prize box. And that works really great when you're seven, Mm -hmm. but we're not seven anymore. And stickers don't really motivate me anymore. (laughs) 
um, price box. Yeah, that's cool, but I need a grown-up price box. So that was why, um, that's a huge part of this book as well of, okay, let's stop viewing, not that those things are bad because that's appropriate when you're seven, but let's stop viewing the Bible the same way that we viewed it when we were seven and let's approach it now from a more adult perspective. So a few of the um, perspectives that I shared in the book where they're like limiting beliefs. If you view the Bible this way, then it makes sense. You're not going to want to read it. So one of them is the storybook Bible perspective. Basically, this means um, it's a perspective where you view the Bible as a storybook. So for example, if you think, you know, what do you, how would you describe the Bible? Oh, it's a book of stories. That's how we started when we were seven. We went to Sunday school and they said, here is the story of David and Goliath. And here is the story of Noah and the ark. And these are amazing stories. And I still am, you know, reading them to these day, to this day. They're great. Um, but if we view the Bible only as a collection of stories, why would we read these stories when we could scroll on our phone and get a bunch of ridiculous stories and cat videos and like <laughs> news drama? Like there's a lot more interesting stories. If, if that's all we want, it's just a good story. You could go pick up any book. Um, another one is the personal biography perspective. So you might get into the trap of thinking, oh, the Bible is a book that is all about me. So every time that I read it, I'm looking to, okay, what does this teach me about what I need to do? Or what does this say about me? Or what do I need to do? Because, well, the Bible does have a lot of great information for us, but the Bible isn't primarily about us. The Bible is about God and the story of him and his people. It's not the story of Brittany. <laughs> It's not the story of Heather. Um, we can benefit from it, but it's not about us. So this happens a lot when we start to read the Bible and we're like, okay, let's find the really practical, like, what does this mean for me? And then we get into some of the Old Testament and we're like, I don't, I don't understand what this has to do with me. And so main idea is we can approach the Bible from these different perspectives that we don't even realize that we've grown up seeing the Bible in this way that completely limit us and hold us back from being able to enjoy the Bible and being able to experience the fullness of everything that God wants to give to us through his word. Yeah. I love that. You know, you kind of baited me a little bit with the last one <laughs> because, because that's one of my big hangups, it, especially, you know, in my world of body image issues is we're just going to use Psalm 139, 14, fearfully and wonderfully made. We're just going to slap that like a sticker on every part of your life. We'll just, you know, put it on crib bedding, um, <laughs> you know, everything. If, if we plaster our daughter's rooms with it, they won't struggle with body image. If we just keep telling them over and over and over again that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. And yes, it's true. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. But I think when you turn the Bible into a self-esteem manual, which is essentially what you're saying, the Bible's not a self-esteem manual. It's so much more than that. And when we turn the Bible into a self-esteem manual, it doesn't do that thing that you are saying we, we all really crave for it to do, which is transform us, right? Because it's, it's just about us. Hey there, how much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. 
But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. So let's go to that transformation thing, because one of my very first blog posts, like, you know, when I was getting like seven people to read a blog post and was like, yay, that's like two more than like last week. (laughs) So one of my very first blog posts though, was, was called how not to be a coffee mate Christian. And Mm -hmm. the concept was that a lot of people believe, I think that you could just be a Christian, just like a cup of coffee. And then you could be like a better Christian. If you just add like coffee mate, at least in my opinion, you know, like creamer always makes the coffee better, especially if it's like got lots of flavors in it, but that's not really transforming the coffee. That's just the coffee plus some cream. And I think what I'm hearing from you today and what I've read in your book is that God wants us to be more than just coffee mate Christians. He wants us to be transformed into some sort of like fancy espresso drink. <laughs> just to keep my analogy going. I'm not saying the Bible says that. But but talk to me about this transformation. What does that look like? And what have you seen in your life? Because I know you've on, undergone some transformations. Absolutely. So I think that is a major place where people get hung up is they say, okay, I'm just going to start where I'm at and I'm just going to do the right things, or I'm just going to believe the right things. If I just add on this good habit, or if I just do this thing, um, whatever it is, if I add on good habits, that that's going to make me better. But the root of the issue isn't necessarily the bad habits. Yes, there I mean, my book is very practical. There are lots of suggestions in there of new habits that you can do, and that's great. But we really need to go back to the root of the issue and figure out what is really going on here. And that was something that I had to do in my life as well. So this book has a lot of very personal stories because totally fine to share. Um, But back when I was in high school, what I, um, and this is an exercise that I walk people through in the book um, on a chapter on taking every thought captive to Christ. And I've done this before in my own life where I have just taken a piece of paper and sat down and written out, here are all the lies, here are all of these negative thoughts that I think about myself all the time. And I know from speaking with so many Christian women that this is something that we all deal with. Things like you're not good enough, you're never going to be good enough. No one will ever love you. Um, people would like you more if you were thinner. People would like you more if you weren't whatever. You're um, a bad mom. You're a bad wife. All of these things. And what I really had to come to realize is just because a thought is in your head does not mean that it is your thought, nor does it mean that it is true. So we have a very real enemy who doesn't just tempt us with sin but also has the power to speak thoughts into our minds. And when we hear these thoughts in our minds and we think, oh, well, obviously I'm this thing because I've been telling myself this for years and years and years, no, it might not actually be true. And it might not actually be you thinking these things. You have an enemy who is out to disarm you and destroy you. Like this is Christianity 101. We have a real enemy who's 
every day just bombarding us with these thoughts and using any excuse he can find to distract us. Because if you think about, okay, maybe there's somebody that God wants you to witness to today. Maybe he wants you to be a good mom. Maybe he wants you to talk to your neighbor, whatever. Maybe he wants you to start a women's Bible study group. And God's like, I have this thing. You're the perfect person for it. Like, it's going to be great. And you're going to change so many lives. And you go that morning and you're like, okay, this is a little bit scary, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to do what he says. And you go to get dressed and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I look so fat. My skin is disgusting. Like, this isn't Okay. And yes, there is a time and place for us to take care of our body, but we can't discount that sometimes possibly could it be that Satan knows God sent you on a mission to do something, something very big and exciting. And he's like, you know, I don't want her to go share the light of Jesus with other people. That would be a bad thing for my agenda here. So he's going to come in and he's going to put those thoughts in your head. He's going to whisper to you, you look bad. Who are you to lead this group? You are not qualified. Nobody's going to listen to you. This is going to be embarrassing. And he comes and he puts these thoughts in our minds in a way that it sounds like us. Because if it sounded like him, I mean, if you heard in your head and it was like, oh my goodness, you are terrible. Like, obviously, I'm not going to listen to that. He's smarter than that. Satan has been around since a very, very long time. He is smart enough to know what works. He has watched humankind over thousands of years. He's watched you since you were born. He knows what you struggle with. He knows how to trip you up and he knows how to make it sound like yourself. So he absolutely has the power to put these thoughts in your head, to tell you these things that are going to disarm you, that are going to leave you spending your entire day kind of introverting and thinking like, I can't do this. I'm going to shy back. I'm just going to like not say anything because I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to put myself out there when God's saying, no, you got this rise up. Like go tell these women, like whatever you need to tell them, go be this mom, go be this wife. And you're letting Satan win when this happens. So for me, I just had an experience in high school where it was just very clear. Like there was some serious spiritual warfare going on. It definitely wasn't me. I mean, I'm sure I did plenty of things that led and encouraged um, the things that were happening, but it was very obvious spiritual worker. And I just had to come to the point where I was like, you know what? I could listen to Satan and I could just like slink back and sit in this, or I can choose to believe. And the truth is you do have a choice. It's not easy, but you do absolutely have a choice to believe what God says about you and to do the things that God tells you to do. And this is why in the Bible, it says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It doesn't say be transformed by keeping your diet plan really well, because then you're (laughs) going to be skinny and people are going to like you. It doesn't say be transformed by having this perfect personality and never saying dumb things. I say dumb things all the time. I'm over it at this point. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that means that you are in God's word and you know what God's word says about you and that you are so focused on God and his mission and what he has for you that all the other kinds of things just doesn't matter as much anymore. Not that they don't matter at all. We all want to be beautiful. But when you focus your mind on this is who God is and this is what he says about me and this is what he wants me to do. I'm not going to let Satan get in the way of that. I have a mission. I have, I wake up, I have things to do today. Not just because I'm an author and a speaker and run a website, like every single one of us, you have something God has called you to do today. If you are married, God is calling you to be an amazing wife. So don't let Satan come in and 
tear you down with all these like nitpicking things that he loves to do telling you, Oh, don't bother reaching out to your husband. Cause it's not going to work. He's just going to reject you or coming at you and saying, how dare your husband do that to you? You need to retaliate and you are completely justified to do these other things. But when you get in God's word and you see, no, actually God says this way is best. And I'm going to walk in this. I am going to orient myself to this is what the God's word says is right. This is what I'm going to do. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it doesn't feel good, I can promise you I've walked this road. I've done so many times. There's been plenty of times where I have not obeyed and there's still things that I need to do a better job of obeying, but there's so many times where I have obeyed and seen the fruit of that, that now I'm just to the point where I'm like, you know, some other things that may not be good for me, they're still tempting, but no, because I've seen where that leads. I've seen where I've been and I see where God's calling me to. So none of that stuff really matters as much anymore. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of fall in love with God's word. Not that you are just like some weird Bible person who just (laughs) takes your Bible everywhere. And you're like, I love my Bible. And I have it with me constantly. So I can witness to people at the bus stop, but no, when you (laughs) understand this is what God's word is, and this is what he has for me. And this is powerful. And this is life changing. Yes. You can absolutely fall in love with God's word. Tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out comparedtowho.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, peace and rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. I think the most important thing is that you're actually, you're falling in love with God's word, but you're actually falling more in love with the God who, who loves you. And I feel like we get so many messages all day long, you know, if, if you're reading your Bible, I, I'd say that the comparison is probably like 10% you're finding out what God love, how God loves you, what God thinks of you, the truth of God's word and how he created you and how he created you with a purpose. And then you're getting like 90% of you need to be thinner. You need to be better in this area. You should be doing this. Why aren't you successful enough? And I mean, just even, and I'm, I'm saying that from perspective of like the person who like, okay, I can muster 10 minutes a day in God's word. That's, that's what your ratio is looking like. So of course it's hard <laughs> if you're not in God's word at all to come that all of those messages coming at us from every direction all day long. But I love what you said about like how the enemy kind of comes in and attacks before we're getting out, getting ready to go out and do something that God's called for us to do. But you know, one thing I thought of is I feel like the enemy does that afterwards too. Like you go to a Bible study and even if you're not leading it, you go to a group of women and you share something and then you get in the car and you start to hear that that was really stupid. Why did you tell them that now they think bad things about you? Now they're not going to want to be your friends anymore. And so many times after I've led something where women have shared, I will immediately text everyone that night. Like, Hey, just a heads up. You're going to start feeling like you shared something really stupid or you should, or you overshared or you shouldn't have shared that. And that's, that's just the enemy. That's just a lie. So, you know, keep coming, keep being authentic. So I love that. It's, it's just truth. 
that we need to recognize. And I think too many women just live with like, well, that's my normal. That's the reality. And no, you're right. It's, it's just lies of the enemy. So what would you say? Cause I love, I love how your book isn't, it's not condemning at all. You don't make women feel guilty that they're not in the Bible. That's, that's, and I mean, that wouldn't be helpful anyway, <laughs> but, but I feel like, you know, that's the fear, right? Like, I don't want to read a book about falling in love with the Bible. That's going to make me feel guilty for not reading my Bible for seven hours a day. And that's, that's not what you're doing. So tell me like, where do you have women start? The woman that says, I want to read my Bible more. I'm identifying with that whole tired and busy thing that you talked about. What, what do I do next? What would you tell her? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought up that distinction of the book is not shaming. That is something that ever since I started writing this book, I wanted to make sure that I was communicating so well. This is not about being a weird Christian person. This is not about like you need to get in your Bible every day or else. This is not like any of those kinds of things. This is just about, okay, if we truly believe God's word is what he says it is, and if we truly believe it has the power to do what he says it does, then this book is so important. This book is life. This book is wisdom, and it has so many things, and the more that I've read it, the more that I've experienced the benefits of reading it, which didn't happen before I started reading it. It was after I had gotten into the habit. Now, especially now, as I am like leaning into God's word in the season that I'm going through right now, I'm seeing all of these benefits that I didn't see at first. But of course you have to start with that at first. It's kind of like running. So when I started, I am sometimes a runner. I like to be a runner. I don't have time to be a runner to the extent that I want. But point being, when I started running the first several times, I did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> if you think about, I'm going to go out and run. You're like, oh, that sounds like work. That does not sound fun. And I remember coming in and my husband being like, oh, did you have fun on your run? And I'm like, no, not really. Like I went running and that sounds like work and it was, and it's boring. But after I got in the habit of doing it and doing it consistently, now I love running. And if I had the opportunity, I would love to just walk out the door right now and go for a three hour run. That would be amazing. It sounds really fun. I know that's probably sounds crazy, but it's <laughs> three hours. Like sounds crazy. <laughs> as I have been doing it more often, not day one, not week one, not week you know, not a month or two in after I was doing it consistently, then I started to see the benefits. So I just want you to keep that in mind. If you are someone who has not read the Bible before ever, don't sit, think that you're going to sit down on day one and be like, Oh my goodness, angels singing. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like it takes some time to get into it. And that's totally normal. Or if you are someone who has been reading the Bible forever and you're like, I read the Bible, but it's kind of boring. It's okay to admit that here because sometimes it is. But there are ways that you can get into the Bible and enjoy it more. And I talk about all of that in my book. But for, to answer your question, the person who is just starting reading the Bible for the first time, what I'm going to tell you not to do is please do not start in Genesis chapter one. That's the first book of the Bible and just read straight through. It will not end well. So Genesis is a really great, it's story of creation of the world. Very interesting. Exodus, very interesting book. Once you start getting into Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, not as interesting. I mean, they are interesting, but they're not very beginner friendly. 
and chances are you will probably drop off at that point. So what I generally recommend instead, if you are brand new to reading the Bible, is to start in one of the Gospels. So the first four books of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're four separate accounts, four different people wrote about the life and times of Jesus when he was on earth. So if you start in Matthew, just be advised, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are a little different, but they cover the same material. So if you're like, I think I read this before. <laughs> you did. It's normal. It's okay. So I would start reading there because those are very easy to read. Um, they're very easy to understand. Um, and those are some of the most important parts of scripture in terms of understanding, okay, this is what Jesus did when he was on earth. This is what he taught when he was on earth. So those are really the best place to start as a beginner. Um, and then after that is Acts, which is the story of the early church, which is fascinating. Um, and then the rest of the New Testament, except for Revelations, are letters to the churches. So a bunch of missionaries and apostles who were alive at that time wrote letters to the various churches that they were starting to encourage them and to tell them how to live. These letters are still super applicable today. So as you read through these, even though they were written to the churches back then, it's pretty easy to see how they apply to us. So for example, it will say things like be thankful in all things. Okay. If that church was supposed to be thankful, we should probably be thankful today. Mm. So they're very easy to read, very instructive, very, okay, this is what God expects of us. This is how we should behave. And then once you've read through that, then go back to the Old Testament and start picking up some more of those books. And I give a whole like outline in the book. Um, but that's kind of what I would recommend for where to start. And as you start reading these, if you're like, okay, I'm starting to read, but I don't understand what I'm reading. There are a ton of resources that can help you. There are Bible studies. Um, there are commentaries, which are basically like books where somebody read through the Bible and they just made notes on all the, of the verses. So if you're like, I have no idea what Exodus 3.11 means, you can look it up in a commentary and someone will be like, oh, in this verse, he is talking to this person and he's talking about this. And so it explains every, maybe not every single verse, but it explains the whole Bible going through. Um, and you can get those anywhere. You can look those up online for free. So don't be afraid to take advantage of resources like Bible studies and devotionals and commentaries that can help you understand, especially if you have questions when you're reading. But I would recommend starting in the Gospels if you're just starting out. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. Good advice. Okay, so you are on the Compare to Who show. So tell me, Brittany, have you ever struggled with comparison or body image issues? Every single day <laughs> of my life. Now, I know, I know you had an eating disorder. Would you mind just kind of fleshing, fleshing some of your struggle out with us? Yeah, well, for me, it, I'm like, there's so much to it because it's never just as simple of, it's never as simple as, oh, I just wish I was skinnier. So I'm just going to eat less. And that's kind of what you see portrayed as, oh, well, if you just eat more, you'll be fine. But there's so many layers to it. I had a lot of hurt in my life. I didn't feel loved. I felt very out of control. Um, and that was something that I just felt like I could control. I remember it starting with the thought of, if I were skinnier, people would like me more. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think about that today, doesn't make any sense. I'm not like, it's not like you emailed me and you were like, Hey, would you like to come on the podcast? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Would you please tell me how much you weigh? Because if you're in this range, I would love to be in the podcast. But if you're in this range, like, I'm not going to go on your podcast. I'm not going to be friends. No, I like you because of who you are. I think you're wonderful. And it's the same with all of my other friends. There is never, ever a day in my life where I'm like, hmm, I don't think I'm going to be her friend because she weighs an extra five pounds. Mm. And yet that's how we go about things. We think, oh, if I were skinnier. Oh, if I 
whatever, if I were prettier, if I were more going, people would like me more. And it's normal to want to be loved. It's normal to want to be liked. And those are God-given desires. That's not wrong. The issue is how we go about it. So for me, it was absolutely Satan whispering into me, you know, if you did this, then you would get this. And it wasn't true, but I didn't know. Um, and I really thought that was the case. So it morphed into me just not eating. A lot of times I got very thin. Um, I probably shouldn't even share that. I don't want to like throw out numbers because people get like, oh, whatever. But I get very worriedly thin and I was fine with it and I didn't care. I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about other things. I was just like, you know, this is what I think is going to make me happy. And I was absolutely turning to that to make me happy instead of, and I was a Bible believing Christian at the time. I was definitely a Christian. I was reading God's word, but I was deceived by this lie that, oh, if I just had this thing, then I would be happy. Then I would be whole. Then I would be complete. And I was looking for comfort in something that was never meant to give me comfort the way that God is our comforter. So um, this went on for a couple of years until finally what broke it for me was I had a friend who came over to my house um, for dinner one night and I was in a period where I was not eating. And he just sat there at my table and was like, um, I don't remember exactly what all was said but he sat there and he looked at me straight in the eye and he said you know if you don't eat I don't eat because you think you're just hurting yourself with what you're doing but you're not you're hurting everybody around you as well and you need to know or that's not okay and I'm not gonna let this continue so he just sat there and stared at me and I'm just like I had no problem with not eating myself mm -hmm. but I'm not going to do this to somebody else mm -hmm. like I can't in good conscience put somebody else through what I was putting myself through. So that kind of, I mean, wasn't the last day ever that I went without eating, but it definitely started a shift in me where I realized, you know, it's one thing if you don't care about yourself, but to see what you're doing to other people. And then it got a lot easier once I had children because then I was a mommy and mm -hmm. I had children who I breastfed. And I knew that I have to be able to take care of them physically. Like I have to be able to feed them. I have to be able to chase them. And so for me, it was just seeing this why outside of myself of why, like, I can't do this to myself because I have these people who depend on me. And even today I know like I have to eat healthier. I have to exercise because I have these people who depend on me. And so that's kind of where it started. And then also, of course, getting into God's word and realizing, okay, this is the life God is calling me to and realizing what's really going on up of behind the scenes of God saying, no, I want this life for you. And Satan being like, I don't want you to have this life. So I'm going to trick you. I'm going to deceive you. I'm going to distract you. I'm going to disarm you. I'm going to throw all this crap at you so that you won't do this. And then once I kind of became more wise to, oh, here's what's really going on. Like I thought I just weighed too much. I thought people didn't like me, but no, I had a real enemy and you know, I'm not going to let him win because no, no. So it's a lot. I mean, I'm definitely not perfect um, at all, but it's a lot easier once I can understand more of what's really going on and what is really going to happen if I don't eat versus what is more likely mm -hmm. to happen and the life that I'm going to have if I take proper care of myself. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all that. That's, that's really good. Um, so we're kind of wrapping up here, but I know that some of the people watching or listening, I've probably 
into your website because my people are a lot of Pinterest people <laughs> and you've got a lot of stuff um, linked through Pinterest. But can you just tell us a little bit about Equipping Godly Women and what, what we could expect to find on your site there? Absolutely. So Equipping Godly Women is a Christian women's website that is dedicated to helping Christian women be all in in faith and family. So if you are someone who considers yourself a Christian, um, probably a wife and a mom, although you don't have to be. But if you are someone who's kind of living this life of, okay, I call myself a Christian, I probably go to church on Sunday mornings, I maybe read my Bible sometime, but I would have to admit I'm not making my faith the priority that I know I should. And I was in that place for a long, I mean, even obviously who of us is making everything the priority, like we all have room for improvement. So I'm there too. But if you are someone who says, you know, I know this is important. I know my faith is important, but I have been so busy and distracted by all of these other things. And I really need somebody who's going to kind of challenge me and encourage me and like, kick my butt a little bit when needed because I am not afraid to do that. Um, someone who's going to be like your big sister in faith, who's going to be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to get distracted by all this other stuff. We're not going to be deceived by all these other things. I'm going to show you like here's step-by-step. Here's how you lean into this amazing life that God has for you. So that is what my website is about. We have tons of articles. Um, We have a membership site that's really helpful as well. Obviously I have the new book coming out, Fall in Love with God's Word on February 1st. Um, But we have a lot of things going on to help you if you are someone who says, you know, I know that I need to make this more of a priority, but I need someone who's going to kind of like push me in that direction. Awesome. Okay. So fall in love with God's word, February 1st, you can get it on Amazon, Christian book, all the places. And then your site is equippinggodlywomen.com. And I'll make sure to have the link to that in the show notes. Any other place you want us to visit you, Brittany? Equippinggodlywomen.com is the best place for all of the things. But if you want information about the book specifically, you could also visit fallinlovewithgodsword.com. And it has information about the book everywhere you can order it. I have free bonuses for you. Um, And there's also happens to be a workbook that goes along with the book. So you're not just reading like, oh, that's a good idea. I should do that. And then you close the book and go on with your life. But the workbook will take you step-by-step through, okay, here's the principle. What does that look like in my life? How do I do this? So you don't just read about it, but you actually experience that real life change that the Bible offers. Fantastic. I love that. Well, Brittany, thanks so much for hanging out today and telling us about your brand new book. It's very exciting. And I read it and it's a great resource. So if maybe you are further along personally, like you're already in the work. But if you know a woman at your church or in your family and, you know, she's kind of struggling, this would be a great gift to buy for that woman. It's not at all condemning or shaming. Like Brittany said, it's just a real solid, encouraging resource to help a woman get started with regular Bible reading. So I highly recommend it. And Brittany, again, thanks for being on the show today. And thank you. Thank you for watching or listening today. And I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. That's all for today. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. 
Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. I found myself on a ledge, three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend in my new podcast, Billy and the Goat. I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.